Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode, which is an audio companion to go along with the best DJ controllers guide for 2016, available at passionatedj.com forward slash controllers. I'm your host of the Passionate DJ podcast, David Michael, and I just wanted to welcome you guys and thank you for being here. So as I said, this is sort of an audio version of the controller guide, which is available on my website. And this is a sort of an end-of-year update for 2016. Now, this is an ever-evolving guide that I started back in 2013. And several times a year, I'll go through and update it. You know, if there's a new piece of equipment that comes out and it's worth, you know, adjusting the list for uh, because it's, uh, you know, such a good entry for that price point or something like that. Then I'll go through and make those little tweaks as well as styling changes and that kind of thing. I'll go through and make those little intermittent changes, but about once a year, I'll go through and give it a major overhaul. Uh, Because it is meant to be sort of a continually updated resource that you can check at any time, you know, every now and then I like to go and say, how does this article look overall? How does it reflect the current controller market? And do I need to make any major overhauls? I normally like to do that mid-year. I'm a little bit late, so this is a sort of end of 2016 update, which will get us ready for the holiday season, so I'm pretty excited about it. This is going to basically uh, be an audio version for people like me who really like to consume audio content. So if you are being introduced to the podcast through this episode... Uh, welcome. You know, this is one of my more popular episodes. It brings in a lot of search traffic, so a lot of people discover the podcast for the first time through this guide. So if that describes you, I'd like to welcome you and maybe just take a moment to explain what this show is about. The Passionate DJ Podcast is a weekly talk show, and normally I have co-hosts with me, my friend Trip Turlington, who also does our audio editing, and uh, my buddy Tony DeSero. They are my co-hosts, and we normally will have a particular topic that we'll be talking about that relates to DJs and how to become better DJs through passion and purpose, as, like, as we like to say. Um, but not every episode is a sort of educational episode. A lot of them are interviews with famous DJs or people who are important to the scene or basically anybody who has anything valuable to add to the conversation. And uh, if I feel like it'll be something that you guys can resonate with or be entertained by or be inspired by, uh, we would love to have them on the show. We like to talk about various issues in the industry, um, you know, new announcements of gear that have come out, Uh, problems in the industry, different things that are going on, different types of music, spotlights on particular things, particular artists. We like to cover the whole gamut. Anything that DJs find interesting and are passionate about, that's what we like to talk about on this show. So we would love to have you uh, as a longtime listener. So if you would like to make sure you never miss an episode, please be sure that you look us up on iTunes or subscribe via SoundCloud, which you can get to at soundcloud.com forward slash passionate DJ. Now we're going to cover controllers for a couple of different software platforms. I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way right now. 
in my opinion, the biggest players in the DJ software market are currently Serato DJ, Tractor Pro, and Recordbox DJ. And then aside from that, we have the Recordbox platform, which the CDJ 2000 Nexus setup, for example, uses, which is slightly different than Recordbox DJ, where you're not playing off a laptop, but you're using their prep and library management software. There are obviously other options out there. There are a lot of people who use Virtual DJ, for example, um, and you know other options that are out there. We're only going to cover these sort of main industry offerings just because we have to draw the line somewhere, and, and those are kind of the main offerings that most of these controllers are going to be based around. If that's not the case, then I will point that out as we go. But just so that you guys know, we're going to be talking about Serato, Tractor, and Recordbox. Now, if you've already chosen one of those platforms and you already prefer one, then it's going to really help you with your decision in making a purchase because you already are limited in your options because you don't typically want to buy something meant for Serato if you're a tractor user. There are a lot of different kinds of DJs that are going to prefer different types of workflow. If you haven't decided on software yet, that's a little bit out of scope of this episode. So you might want to uh, take some time to really nail that down before you make a purchase. Because if you buy, for example, a tractor control device, and then you end up deciding that you prefer Serato, you're probably going to end up selling that tractor control device because it's just not going to play nicely with it. You also want to make sure that you pay attention to your connectivity options. So when you get your controller home, what are you going to do with it exactly? What are you going to connect it to? Do you have the appropriate ports and connections and wires and all that fun stuff? Because some of these controllers will have different connectivity options than others. So, for example, especially in the budget line, you might be expecting to plug XLR cables in and find out that you don't have any. So that's something that you want to make sure that you you know, pay close attention to. Now, there are a number of things that I've changed from the 2015 version of this audio guide, which came out, oh, I think mid-year, probably last year, and um, and the changes I've made to the guide since then, the actual guide, which you can follow along with, once again, at passionatedj.com forward slash controllers. Um, there are a number of changes I made because the industry is rapidly changing in a few ways. One thing that I've tried to do is to stop using the word standalone because it's getting very confusing. Um, And probably somebody will point out somewhere on the site that I've done that, and I'm just going to, over time, try to correct those. And, And the reason I say that is because typically when I would talk about a standalone controller or an op or a controller that operates in standalone mode, what I meant was that it can, it is capable of mixing external audio sources on the device itself without the aid of any software or anything. So it has audio inputs and it can accept them and mix them, whether that's from CDJs or turntables or your phone or whatever that is. It has channels dedicated to that to where it doesn't have to route that audio through any software or anything. Even if you have no laptop in sight, you can play audio through that. The problem is the industry is sort of shifting in this direction where people are starting to play with something else that you could call standalone controller, but is an actual standalone device. It has the CPU and everything necessary to play and process the music and mixing and effects and all that stuff built into the hardware, 
requiring no laptop whatsoever, but you're still playing, say, MP3s or WAVs or FLAC files or whatever it is. So it gets a little convoluted very quickly if you start throwing around, around words like standalone. So when in that case, we're more referring to what you might call an embedded system or an integrated system. Um, the controllers that we're going to talk about today, uh, we're not going to get too much into that territory, but it's worth kind of setting that precedent now that the word standalone is rapidly getting confusing. So I will try to say uh, whether or not a particular device can mix external sources, such as turntables, rather than calling it standalone. Uh, the pricing in the controller market has also shifted a bit. So I uh, was able to take liberty of going through and updating some of the pricing on some of these controllers and actually recommending uh, newer controllers because the price points have shifted such that, you know, for example, a four-channel version of a controller that I was previously recommending a two-channel two version for now costs the same. So it makes more sense for me to recommend it for that price point. Now, speaking of price points, we might as well go over that too. The way that this works is that I've broken down my top five recommendations for three different price points. So we have a budget price point, we have a mid-range, and then we have a premium. Okay, and I'll describe what those are as we get to them. And that's because, uh, you know, we all have different budgets where we're looking to, to buy one of these things, and it might be our first device, it might be a backup, it might be what we do all of our DJing on, we might be a bedroom DJ hobbyist, we might be professional, we might be a mobile wedding DJ, and all these things are going to kind of take effect. And so I try to remain, you know, fairly platform agnostic here. I'm personally a tractor user, um, but I know that there are great Serato options out there and record box options and so on. And so I try to keep all that in mind and just kind of base these quote-unquote top lists around the functionality of the hardware and how well it integrates with its particular software. So um, that's how this kind of works. I don't put them in any particular order in those top five. So, you know, I don't say uh, this is, you know, one through five, my top favorites, but these are my five recommendations, which you can accept in any order. And it's going to depend on whether you're a tractor user or not, or whether you prefer mobility over features and that sort of thing. One more thing that I wanted to go over before we dive right into these controllers is just uh, a little disclaimer. If you go to the guide, which once once again is at passionatedj.com forward slash controllers, uh, there, there are a number of comparisons there. You can click uh, links to go to like Amazon reviews of each device. And there's also a link that you can click that says current price. So I list the advertised price and then I list a link to the current price. And what that will do is point you to Amazon and show you what it is currently selling for in the market. And the reason I do that is because the, uh, the advertised price by the manufacturer is not always the quote-unquote street price or not what it always you know typically sells for and then a lot of times you know there'll be specials or there'll be pricing adjustments and maybe I haven't updated my guide fast enough and so you're able to click that and see what can I buy this for on Amazon right now and the reason I use Amazon is because they are the kings of online retail uh, typically for something like consumer electronics you're going to pay the typical or cheapest price 
on Amazon that you would anywhere else and probably cheaper than, say, Guitar Center or whatever, your, you know, Sam Asher, your local shop. Uh, so back to the disclaimer, each of those links is what is called an affiliate link. Okay, I brought this up in episode 20, and this is something that I'm always very upfront about. And what that means is if you click on one of those links that takes you to Amazon through my page, and then you decide to buy something on Amazon, you know, and there's like a 24-hour window or something, if you buy something on Amazon after clicking one of my links, I'm going to get a commission for that. I'm going to get um, a little, you know, a few dollars sent to me, um, you know, at no cost to you. So it doesn't cost you anything, but Amazon will basically pay me for advertising that product and for somebody buying it, okay? And I like to point that out because uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm doing anything shady here. Um, It does help support the show, and it does help me to do, you know, to keep creating this great content for you. Um, And in fact, a lot of people have, you know, in the past have gone out of their way to go to my page and click a link just to buy something just to sort of thank me. And if, if you are one of the people who has done that, and I know that you're out there because you've told me, uh, I just want to say thank you very much. You know, it means a lot to me. It doesn't cost any extra money. Um, it's just kind of a way for me to get paid for recommending those products to you. So I like to be very upfront with that. I'm not trying to do anything shady. I'm telling you straight up, that's how it works. You have no obligation to buy through me or through Amazon. You know, buy wherever it makes sense for you. Uh, but just as an FYI, that is a thing that uh, occurs on that page. Now let's get into the fun stuff. Now we're going to go over first, uh, I think let's start with the budget controllers because uh, a lot of people who, that you're probably the most likely person to arrive at a guide like this is if you are looking for your first controller and most people looking for their first controller are looking for something to get their feet wet um, which is what this budget line is perfect for you know this is a great way for people to start DJing and get a feel for what DJing is like without making a huge investment Um, they also serve very well as uh, you know, if you're a professional DJ and you just need a backup controller or something more portable for mobile gigs or house parties and that kind of stuff. Now, you might not find the same super extremely sturdy construction that you might find in the premium level stuff, but this market has really gotten pretty good in the past year or two. Um, you know, you can you can now at least get pretty affordable controllers that don't just look like super plasticky Fisher-Price toys, you know. So I, when I put this list together, I take things like build quality and professionalism into consideration, even on this budget lineup. So these controllers are great for anybody who's a beginner, uh, if you're on a strict budget, if you're just a hobbyist and you just kind of play casually. Um, maybe you primarily play another media format, but you want something to play around with, you know, a digital... Uh, uh, digitally or you just simply want you're a bang for buck kind of person and you know all you need are the functions provided by these you know these are the 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 mixing devices for you so the first recommendation and this is actually one that i recently changed for this update in 2016 um, is the newmark mix track Platinum. Now, I previously had recommended the Mixtrack Pro 3, and this is one of the most popular entry-level controllers for DJs. They're very spacious. They're uh, pretty well built. They're not, you know, they have a 
pretty compact design to where you can fit them easily in a DJ booth, but it's so spaced out that it's just easy to use. So if you've got fat fingers or, you know, you like those big chunky jog wheels, you know, it's a great controller for you. What the Mixtrack Platinum does, it's kind of a, a sort of tech upgrade to the Mixtrack Pro 3, which is offered at $299, which is basically what the Mixtrack Pro 3 used to sell for. But you also get now a uh, like a BPM display, a uh, digital readout that comes up between each jog wheel. So if you think about maybe what a Pioneer CDJ looks like and it has that center display in the very middle, that circular display. So it's not quite as fancy as that, but it do- that's the same location and it's got like a BPM and I think uh, pitch resolution or a pitch location or some other kind of display on there so it's got some visual feedback right there on the device so to me it feels like a a free upgrade because it's basically the same price of the old unit uh, which you can still get the mixtrack pro 3 and it's cheaper now so that's another option if you don't care about that you could just go back to the mixtrack 3 and maybe save 50 bucks it's got very long pitch or i'm sorry very long throw pitch control so, which is really nice if you're trying to learn manual beat matching or if, if that's the only way that you mix. Uh, you've got a lot of room to work with the pitch controls on here. Um, it's got touch strips, which is pretty cool. So if you would prefer to use that over the jog wheels, maybe you can use that to seek the track and stuff like that. Um, you have that as an option as well. So once again, that is a Serato DJ controller. It comes with Serato DJ intro. And it is advertised at $299, and as I look at it right now, that is what it is selling for on Amazon. It's powered by a USB connection, so you don't need an external power supply, which is really helpful and adds to that portability factor. So, great controller by Newmark, the Mixtrack Platinum. And next up on the list, we have one that has been on the list for a while. It's the Pioneer DDJ WeGo 3. Now, this is a nice, small, compact controller, which is why I leave it on the list. It's a little bit different than the others. Its layout is similar, but there are some kind of weird things about it. It has some uh, controls that kind of arc around the jog wheels, and it's just its a little bit different than what some people are used to, um, but it doesn't take long to learn. And one really nice thing about this controller, which is advertised at 359 and as I look at it right now, it is selling for $297, so that's really pretty good value. And this particular controller is uh, iOS compatible. So if you have DJ2, it's DJAY2 software, and that's by the company called Algorithm, A-L-G-O-R-I-D-D-I-M. It's fully supported by that software, so you can mix on your iPad um, possibly your iPhone. I would imagine your iPhone as well. So the pitch faders on this thing are are very small. So if you do a lot of manual beat matching and that sort of thing, I would highly recommend the Mixtrack Platinum over this. But if you kind of stay in the box and do the digital mixing sync kind of thing, uh, this is perfectly capable. And uh, it's got you know a lot of software support. It ships with DJ uh, Serato DJ Intro, um, but if you want to use the iPad option, you can go with DJ Two by Algorithm, and that will get you into iPad DJing for under three hundred bucks. 
Next up on the list, we have a really nice controller by Reloop. It's called the Beatmix 4. This is a nice clean layout, nice and ergonomic. It's got those big old fat Reloop jog wheels, which I'm a big fan of. And it also ships with Serato DJ Intro. Now, I'm going to point this out since we've said that a few times. These lower-end controllers or these budget entry-level controllers tend to ship with the quote-unquote light version of their software. So they might this one ships with Serato DJ Intro, but it's the four-deck version of Serato Intro. So it's not as fully featured as Serato DJ, but you can pay for an upgrade and get access to all those features. So it's worth mentioning that the price point that I'm talking about right now, that's the software that it ships with, unless I say otherwise. Now you get full four-deck control, which is nearly unheard of in this price point. This thing is currently selling for $299. Uh, that's US dollars. And it's really the only thing I don't like about this particular controller is it doesn't have LED meters for sound on the unit itself. And that's something that I really, really try to have is actual metering on the device. Um, so you would have to for instance, look at your screen and see what your levels are in Serato. Um, but if you can get past that, otherwise it's really a sturdy and high-quality unit, and I really like Reloop gear. So I would uh, highly recommend this for Serato users wanting to get full four-deck control for under 300 bucks. Next up is, just for tractor users, we've got the Tractor Control S2. This is the Mark II version of the ever-popular S2. This is advertised at $399, but let me check because I think it's selling for less than that. Oh, it is, okay, it is exactly $399 as I say this on Amazon, but Native Instruments throws a lot of random sales, so I always would keep an eye on that. And in fact, I would even join their email list because they usually, when they're getting ready to come out with some new stuff, they'll send out big mega discounts. This is a great way to access basically all your basic tractor functions, except for you are limited to two decks. But the S2 does give you access to Tractor's remix decks on a third channel, so that's pretty handy. Um, the booth output is a little half-assed, and it's, it's a little hard to describe, but it does have one. Probably my favorite thing about the S2, and the, the biggest selling point for the S2, is that uh, it is also an iPad-capable device, or an iOS device. So you can actually use this with Tractor DJ which is available in the App Store. And Tractor DJ is actually pretty nice DJ software for uh, for tablet. So if you want to be a Tractor user, uh, entirely portable, and you mix on tablet, the S2 is probably the best option. Other than that, it also works perfectly for Tractor Pro 2. So it's a great stepping stone if you want to upgrade to something else later. Or, uh, you know, I have a lot of buddies who play on this thing. And they're perfectly happy with it. So if you only do two-deck mixing and you're a tractor user, you know, the S2 is a great sturdy option with nice jog wheels. Comes highly recommended. Next up on the list, we have the Pioneer DDJ SB2. So this is the obviously the upgraded version of the DDJ SB. It's a very smart budget choice. All right, So this has a very similar look and feel to the kind of bigger more expensive Pioneer controllers, 
um, but at a very accessible price. As I look at it right now, it's selling for 247 which is just insane, I mean, for what you get. This is a really great value. It does ship with Serato DJ Intro, and by the way, that Control S2 ships with the full version of Tractor Pro, so that is a nice little value add there. This one ships with Serato DJ Intro. Uh, the jog wheel tension feels a lot like CDJs. It's a lot more professional-looking controller than a lot of stuff in this sort of price range. It's great for trying scratching on a controller. It does have smaller pitch faders, so you know how I am about my pitch faders. I like a nice long throw on that. Uh, but really, if you're trying to get into a Pioneer-like setup at a low cost, this is actually one of the most popular and top-selling controllers in the market currently is the SB, SB and now the SB2 by Pioneer. So this comes highly recommended. This is largely supported controller. I know a few people who've used this one and they all love it. There's not a whole lot to it, but it's just very clean, very solid, very professional looking. I really like this thing, especially at the price. Okay, so that wraps up my budget level recommendations for DJ controllers here as we wrap up 2016. Moving right on to the mid-range. These controllers are for the bang for buck, people. This is uh, which is, you know, basically what digital DJing is all about. This range of controllers is just perfect for that person who just wants to get the most value out of their dollar. They really want kind of a premium DJing experience, but don't necessarily want to invest in the super expensive premium level stuff. This is a great compromise because most of these controllers can do just about anything that any DJ wants to do, and they don't cost nearly so much money. Today's mid-range controllers are very club-oriented. They provide everything you need. They're four-deck. They're the you know most of them have XLR ports and all that kind of stuff. So all this stuff. This is in the $500 to $1,000 range is how I define mid-range controllers. Okay, uh, these are all great options for the serious DJ who's just budget-minded. Okay, and so we're going to start off with the Newmark. NV2. This is a recent update and recent addition to the guide. I previously had recommended the original Newmark NV. It was the first controller that came out with screens, and this is the second version of that controller. It brings some welcome changes to the already well-received Newmark NV. It's advertised at $699. It comes with Serato DJ full version. Um, it's just a really great value at this price. You know, at $699, it's a really slim design. It's got those built-in screens, which, you know, there are only a couple options out for Serato for people wanting screens. It doesn't operate, it doesn't mix external sources. So this is a internal-only digital mixing device. So if you've got turntables or something like that, this is not the device for you. The performance pads are a bit small, and the screens probably aren't as high quality as something that you see on, like, top-end Native Instruments gear. That's not to say that they are junk. I mean, it's a really good, really solid unit. They made a few little aesthetic changes over the NV, uh, but it's basically the same device with just some nice little tweaks. If you are a Serato user and you do not want to stare at your laptop all day, this is a great option coming in for less than $700.
Under that, if you are a tractor user and you want a similar experience, you can use the Tractor Control S5. Now, this is kind of the younger sibling to the S8, which we will go over shortly, but this is a little bit higher value for tractor users. It's advertised at $7.99 and it comes bundled with Tractor Pro 2 software. It's a very portable design and it inherits a lot of great stuff from the higher end S8. Um, it gives you full access to all the basic Tractor Pro 2 functions. You can mix stems, you can mix remix decks, you can set loops, you can mix four sources, you can, it's, I mean, it's just pretty much loaded up. The only thing it doesn't have is jog wheels. The Control S5, the Control S8, the, let's see, if you, any of you remember, turn on the Wayback Machine a little bit, if you remember the Twitch by Novation, that was, uh, it's very similar to that. Instead of jog wheels, we've got a touch strip, and that touch strip can be used for nudging, queuing, and basically anything that you would have used the jog wheel for. And it works surprisingly well at that task. This isn't a controller for everybody, obviously. Some people, that's a deal breaker. They just need their jog wheels or they need some kind of, uh, you know, rotating circular platter to be able to do what they do. Uh, if you're a scratch DJ... This is definitely not the device for you. You're not going to have a whole lot of fun scratching on that touchpad, and the S5 does not mix any external sources, so you don't get any kind of DVS, uh, anything like that. But if you're all in on Tractor, and you don't care about mixing external sources, and you just really love nerding out with all of that kind of remix decks, stems, loops, effects breaking down into all that stuff, the S5 is really great. And the uh, the interface is just brilliant. The way that the screen will pop up and slide down and change based on what you're touching, literally on the controller. It has touch capacitive controls and things will slide up and down to you know on the screen to accommodate whatever it is that you're trying to do. Just a really smart integration that I really appreciate as a native instruments user on the Control S5. So... If you do not care about having a rotating platter, the S5 is an awesome tractor option. If you do care about having jog wheels, the good old tried and true Tractor Control S4 is still available. It is the Mark II version of this iconic controller. The original came out in 2011, and then you know later on they came out with this revision that's super popular still. I used a Control S4 for many years. I was super happy with it. It's a four-deck controller. It's very ergonomic. It has also very great tractor integration, but it doesn't have the screens and the onboard visual feedback. Other than it does have some some visual feedback. It has an LED display that shows your loop length, and it has metering on the device and you know all that kind of stuff. So really, it's just an all-around solid device. I loved my S4. I used it for many years. My good buddy is using it now. He uses it every week at his residency. It's been pretty solid. Um, it's starting to look a little bit dated compared to some of the options that are available now, but uh, you know, not everybody wants all the fancy screens and everything that's coming out. And this one's currently available for $5.99. And Native Instruments puts this thing for sale all the time. So this is a great option. Comes with a full version of Tractor Pro 2. And this has a huge advantage over the Control S5 in that it does accept external sources. And while you can't mix... Um, 
what I would previously call standalone, you can't mix without a laptop present. It does have to route audio through the software, but uh, that's easily done, and it that means that the Control S4 accepts timecode. So you are able to use Tractor Scratch with a Control S4, and you cannot do that with the S5. Uh, so if you want to get a Control S4 and then you have a pair of Technic 1200s or something at home and you want to use timecode records with it and mix your MP3s as if they were records, you can definitely do that with the S4. And I know a lot of people who are doing that and are super happy with that setup. So huge advantage. Also, while we're talking tractor, if you guys would like a complete breakdown of just the entire tractor control lineup of controllers where that's all we talk about then you can go to my tractor control mega guide which is located at passionatedj.com forward slash control with a k and then rounding out the mid-range options we have the pioneer ddj sr now this is advertised at 699 it comes with serato dj it's a fully USB powered, so it's very portable. It's got that same Pioneer professional look and feel, even more so than the SB we talked about earlier. It is missing uh, the standalone mixing of external sources. It doesn't have the RGB pads from the more upper tier DDJ units. It does have performance pads, they're just not RGB backlit. Um, it's just an extremely portable, but very tough, solid, Pioneerish. Serato setup. It would be great for home use or for playing out in the club. It's just a very versatile controller. Uh, it is two channels though, so it is one of the few two channel offerings in this price range, so something to keep in mind. But other than that, really just a great controller and very top selling. A lot of people like this thing. Can't recommend it enough. And then finally, we have the Terminal Mix 8 by Reloop. Now, a while back, I spent a good week or two with one of these. I was sent a unit to review and play with, and I fell in love with the thing. I mean, it's uh, it's advertised at $699. It's a Serato DJ controller as well. But it was just, I was really impressed with the quality of this thing. It's got super solid controls, those big fat jog wheels that I love on Reloop gear, uh, the full version of Serato DJ. Uh, it doesn't have a dedicated master out, and it doesn't have channel meters for channels 3 and 4 on the device itself. Or at least it doesn't have dedicated ones. So you can monitor, but you have to. it only has two meters, and you have to monitor them, switch between decks 1 and 2 and decks 3 and 4. So not a huge deal, but kind of annoying. And there's no inputs for standalone or for external mixing or DVS. But... For just the kind of all-around digital Serato experience, this thing sells for $699. It's fully four-deck. You know, it's got the nice long pitch faders that I like. Just a really great unit. And if you would like to see a video of me actually going over the features of this particular piece of hardware, you can do that in the in the guide just go to passionatedj.com slash controllers if you're not already there i have a link to the video where i spend some time with this particular unit just a great solid piece by reloop i have a link to the video where i spend some time with this particular unit just a great solid piece by reloop so just to recap that's the mid-range controllers tractor users should choose the s5 if they prefer screens or the s4 if they prefer jog wheels 
Serato users should choose the NV2 if they want the onboard screens or the SR by Pioneer if they prefer to stick with that sort of Pioneer workflow. And then the Terminal Mix 8 as a beautiful alternative for all digital DJs. All right, folks. Now it's time to get to the good stuff. We're talking the cream of the crop, premium level, wallet aching DJ controllers. These are price ranged above $1,000, some of them significantly so. So these are going to be a bit overkill for a lot of people, okay? These are the cream of the crop. They're professional grade. They have that super tight hardware software integration. They have features for days but they come with that premium price tag too okay so due to expense these controllers are kind of geared towards the club dj on the go or the performer type of dj who really wants to take advantage of those sort of live remix elements of the included software or if you're just a serious hobbyist who's willing to make the investment in their digital djing habit as i call it um, like I said, they might be overkill for some people, but I never would talk down to somebody who likes buying their toys. Um, I have definitely been guilty of this myself when it comes to buying DJ gear, buying more than I need, and I really see nothing wrong with it. So some of these are going to be kind of alternatives for a compatible club setup that somebody uses, and some of these are just because they're nice to have. Overall, the cool thing is you really can't go wrong in this lineup if you've got the cash these are all just amazing devices. So we're going to start with Pioneer's DDJ RZX. This is the big boy, okay? This is like a slightly cheaper Pioneer CDJ and DJM setup, but it also supports record box video. It has three screens built in, so it's got one above each deck, and then it's got a shared one in the center. And they're all, you know, very well smart design and everything so that they uh, reflect what is going on and keep you from staring at your laptop all the time. They provide parallel waveforms, which is super nice, and then you can actually mix video on the unit itself. It comes with Rekordbox DJ and the Video Plus Pack and the DVS Pack. So it basically, you're just set right off the bat this thing sells for $2,997 US dollars, so it is a big old fat chunk of cash, but it's the most feature-laden pro controller in existence, and it does enable video mixing, and it does mimic a CDJ setup, but it still requires a laptop, much to the chagrin of my co-host Trip. so... Uh, it is quite a bit of money to pay for something which uh, still requires you to also have an expensive laptop which can run for deck mixing with effects and video mixing and all that fun stuff. So if you've got a great machine to run it alongside and you want top quality and video mixing is important to you and you just want the Cadillac, as it were, of DJ controllers, this thing is incredible. It just might make your wallet hurt a little bit. Next up is my own personal weapon of choice, which we talked about earlier a little bit. This is the Tractor Control S8. This is the flagship controller from Native Instruments. It's super, super integrated and tight. Uh, very good interaction between hardware and software and smart user interface. All that kind of stuff that we discussed for the Control S5. This is where it, the S5 got that from. 
Um, this thing's only eleven ninety nine, which really uh, I saw a lot of people complain about that price point. I think it's an amazing price point for this device. It's just a super smart controller. It's the best tractor integration in existence. It's got those built-in screens and that smart interface that's so good that even though it does require my laptop to be present, I can put it off to the side. Um, there have been a lot of gigs where I've actually put the, the laptop under the booth out of my face where nobody can see it just so that it's there to be a sound source, but everything that the, the controller does and the feedback that it gives on the device itself has always been good enough that the only thing I've ever had to look at the screen for is browsing tracks. So it's, it's really just a solid unit, really enjoyable to mix on. Once again, no jog wheels, so just like the Control S5, if that's a deal breaker for you, then you'll, you'll want to write this one off straight off the bat and go for something like the Control S4. But if you are all in the box with the digital sync kind of DJing and you do all this remix decks, stems, four channel mixing, uh, looping, hot cues, and all that kind of stuff, it really just doesn't get any better than this controller for Tractor. And unlike the Control S5, this one does have external inputs, it does allow external mixing. And it is DVS capable, which means I can take my timecode records for Tractor, which I do, and put them on my Technics 1200s, which are plugged into my Control S8, and I can use that as my DVS device, which means I have basically the best of all worlds. I can mix my records on it uh, through, you know, direct through mode. I can mix digitally. I can mix remix decks and stems and all that fun stuff. And I can mix timecode records in Tractor Scratch style right here all on the same device with no hassle. I'm in love with this thing. If you want the laptop out of your face, you're all in on Tractor, and you need those kind of flexible external options, it doesn't get any better than the Control S8. And once again, if you'd like to know more about the entire Control lineup, you can go to passionatedj.com forward slash control with a K. Next up on the list, the third edition of Newmark's NS7. The NS3 features real rotating vinyl, slip mats, and color screens. So this is basically an update for the ever-popular Newmark NS7 II that has a screen edition. So it's like an attachment that you add on to it, and it adds this kind of screen functionality that we're starting to see in the premium controller market and even in the mid-range controller market. This thing uh, is advertised at $14.99. It comes with Serato DJ. And like I said, it has those motorized platters, so it actually has 7-inch quote-unquote records on top which move and spin around on their own. It feels like playing records. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to use. And for people who really want that kind of vinyl experience but don't actually want to carry around turntables and a mixer and a couple crates of records, this is a great way to kind of simulate that and put on top of that these kind of screens that are really popular right now. Now the screens are not perfect and it does kind of add an additional setup and teardown step because I, I doubt that you'll want to carry this controller around with the screens attached. That would just make me really nervous. So... If you really just love the feel of mixing records, but you love the convenience of a fully digital setup, uh, then NS7 III by Newmark, awesome option. 
Now, I sort of cheated a little bit with the next few entries. We've got some Pioneer controllers. I put the DDJ-SZ and the DDJ-RZ together. Now, these are the top-tier Serato and Rekordbox controllers for people who really want that CDJ workflow. These come in at just under $2,000, and you can check the current price for the SZ and the RZ. They're usually within a few dollars of each other. The SZ, obviously, is the Serato version, and the RZ is the record box version. And all that means is they're basically functionally similar devices. But originally, Pioneer came out with the uh, Serato-based controllers, and then they started really pushing record box DJ as uh, DJing software, not just library management and prep and all that. And so they've started coming out with their own lineup and, and really pushing the record box controllers. And it's a little confusing because, the, for instance, the DDJ-SZ, while it uses Serato, it can also use record box, but not the other way around. The RZ does not use Serato. So it gets a little confusing and makes you wonder why you would choose the RZ. But if you are, you know, entirely in on the record box way then the rz is more appropriate just because it's got a few minor tweaks and label changes and things that gear it towards the rz but if you already have an sz there's no reason to go to the rz uh it's just super duper high quality this is basically the 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 king of all controllers up until the rzx came out and really you might still consider it that just because uh, the the RZX also adds video mixing and stuff to the mix that we might not care about. So it's still $2,000 controller. It's got dual USB, which is really nice. So you can actually transition between digital DJs seamlessly. So you could have realistically have two laptops connected at the same time. It's got great performance pads. Um, all around super duper solid unit. My co-host Trip has the DDJ SZ and he is in love with the thing and I've spent some time with it and I can't blame him. It's just an all around pleasant experience. Feels like mixing on CDJs with a few small limitations. Um, it is prohibitively expensive for a lot of people and it's gargantuan. But if you want basically the best screenless Pioneer controller available, uh, this is it. And then similarly, we have the Pioneer DDJ-SX2 and the DDJ-RX. <sighs> so Pioneer continues to make this confusing. This is very similar to the, uh, the last ones we're talking about. The SX is the Serato version. The RX is the record box version. But they look a little different because the SX2 is out now, and we're still on the RX. So those are the ones that are comparable, is the SX2 and the RX. Clear as mud? All right, moving on. This sells for uh, uh, $11.99, so it's similar, similarly priced to the Control S8. It comes bundled with either Serato DJ or Rekordbox DJ, depending on which one you choose. It inherits all those high-quality pads and the digital cue display and all that super nice fancy stuff from the SZ. Still feels like a super high-quality device. Um, and it's still kind of bulky, but it is smaller than the SZ, so it's a little bit more negotiable to wedge into a DJ booth. It doesn't come out of the box with timecode support. Uh, I believe you need to pay a $99 upgrade for that. 
this is basically just like an SZ light. It's a great device. You can't go wrong with it. Um, one of the more popular options for sure. And the, uh, the RX obviously is just the record box version of that. I don't know what else to say about it. Great four deck control, super high quality all around, and just has that pro look to it, that pioneer look. And it's a lot cheaper than the SZ. Okay, so those are basically my recommendations, my top five premium, mid-range, and budget-level all-in-one controllers. Now, we've been talking about all-in-ones, but what about modular controllers? So that's something else that's worth bringing up. Not everything is meant to be an all-inclusive, uh, one-stop you know, shop for DJing. Sometimes you just need to add functionality or you want to piece together your workflow. And that's where modular controllers come in. The example I give in the guide is, for example, the Control D2, which is a modular controller by Native Instruments for Tractor. And it's basically like taking one-third of the Control S8. It's like taking the deck section of a Control S8 and slicing it right off the side. And that's the Control D2. You take two of those and put it alongside something like uh, the Native Instruments Control Z2 mixer, which is an actual DJ mixer with sound interface. You could piece all this stuff together, and you've basically built a piecemeal Control S8, um, for example. So you could do that with any number of things. Um, you're not always putting together a complete DJ setup. Sometimes, for example, you might add a set of dicers, if you've ever heard of those. They fit right on the edge of a set of, of uh, Technic 1200s, and they just have a couple little buttons on it for setting cues and loops. Just adding those couple of basic things that Serato users needed who primarily play records but just needed a couple little extras, you know, they might not have needed to pay for a full-on setup, and they wouldn't want to wedge that next to all their other stuff anyway. They just needed a tiny little device. So these modular controllers can really come in handy. Um, there's too many of them to really cover in a guide like this, but uh, once again, uh, if you're a tractor user, I go over all the tractor modulars in the tractor control guide at passionatedj.com forward slash control with a K. Um, there's also other options like the Reloop Neon, which adds Serato Flip functionality to an existing setup, which is basically the size of a, a small tablet or a large phone and just has a set of pads and a couple of knobs. So there are a lot of different options out there. Definitely make sure that uh, you, if you have a need, then you go and fulfill that need. But you might not necessarily want to go just buying controllers just because they look cool and you think that you need to have one. You might want to think about, okay, what is the reason I'm adding this to my setup? Now just a couple of tips before we wrap up this episode. If you're into scratching, I would recommend either getting at least one turntable and a uh, you know a controller that has an adjustable crossfade or an adjustable crossfade curve um, or getting one of the higher end controllers that has a that has jog wheels because the budget range kind of controllers are not always as good at scratching some of them are and i've i've been very surprised i know somebody will come through with a reply saying you know how great it is to mix on some controller or another but if you want to guarantee that and you really want that control make sure you've got something with a crossfader curve or uh that is you know has an innovator in it already or something really nice 
lower end controllers just don't often have the same quality of jog wheels, for example. So if you're using something like a DDJ-SZ, it might vary from using something in the budget line when it comes to scratching, and it might be that much harder to learn. Now, overall, these controllers generally will send and receive MIDI data. So just because a piece of hardware ships with a particular piece of software, it doesn't mean that it can't be used with other programs. But it may not work as well. It may not have as many advanced features. If it has screens, they might not work or any kind of special visual feedback and that kind of stuff. So any of these controllers in their very basic functions can be reassigned to control parts of any standard DJ software. That doesn't mean I recommend it. For example, uh, you can use, oh, I don't know, you can use any controller you want, any MIDI controller with jog wheels with Tractor, but it doesn't feel the same as a Native Instruments Tractor controller. When it comes to moving the jog wheel, the resolution's not the same, it's laggy and spongy, and you run into that sort of thing, you know, when you start operating outside of the intended ecosystem. So that's just something to keep in mind. Somebody might tell you, well, you can remap anything that you want, well, that might be true, but buyer beware. Now, if you're a professional club DJ, if you make your living on this, then it's probably worth making a bit of investment going with a higher-end controller, uh, you know, investing in your craft in that way, and maybe get something that mimics whatever it is that you use you know, every weekend or every other day or however often it is. Mobile DJs should also be willing to make that investment and make sure they get something that really operates uh, independently and is fully featured and has everything they, that they need right there in the box. It's easy to set up and tear down because as we've heard people call in and talk to us on the show before, that's one of the biggest struggles for mobile DJs is the teardown setup process. And so make sure you've got all your ducks in a row and you're not having to add a bunch of stuff to your setup. Um, bedroom DJs, hobbyist DJs, you know, like I said, pick whatever makes you happy. However much money you have to spend and however much, you know, you want to put into it, that's entirely up to you. You know, a lot of people, especially in comment sections online and stuff like that, when you start talking about, well, I bought a DDJ SZ or an RZX or something like that, and then, you know, everybody goes off and saying, well, you didn't need that and it has all these features you don't need and it's so expensive... And, uh, you know, I tell those people to shove it because we all like toys and I don't really see anything wrong with that. Now, if you're saying that you need one of those devices to be a real DJ or something like that, obviously we're having a different conversation then. But I say pick whatever meets your needs, whatever makes you happy, and whatever you can afford. And uh, once again, if this is your first introduction to the Passionate DJ Podcast, we really hope that you'll stick around. Make sure that you follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash passionate DJ. You can also follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, however else that you like to consume podcasts. Uh, a lot of people like to listen to us in the car, on the road, you know, uh, on a jog, whatever. We would love to hang out in your eardrums. So subscribe it up. Thank you guys so much. We will see you on the next episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.